90% of it is literally who you talk to and all the people you talk to on there. So if you build that community up, you're pretty much going to be a stronger photographer and get more opportunities. It's got nothing to do with how many times you post in a week. In the end, it's about like the quality content that you produce for others to see. And yeah, the friends you make on there. Hello everyone and welcome to Canon Conversations, the show where I sit down with some of the top creatives in the industry so that you can become a better photographer. On today's show, we are talking all about Instagram, uh, how to use the platform to craft a cohesive brand for yourself as a photographer, how to use the platform to make connections and use it as a way to uh, put your your work and yourself as a photographer out to the world in a way that potential clients and brands can look at and go, I want to work with that person. And to talk all through this subject with us, we have uh, a man with an immaculate Instagram feed, Liam Vandenberg. Liam, thanks for joining me, man. How's it going, guys? Um, it's fabulous to be on the show. Uh, thank you for uh, inviting me on. Wicked man, stoked to have you. Um, for anyone who isn't familiar of your work, would you mind giving us a little uh, rundown on uh, your kind of story with photography? When you picked up a camera, uh, what your kind of world of photography and videography uh, is like right now? Um, my kind of world of photography heavily involves commercial um, uh, brand work and um, a lot of it involves working with teams um, coming up with concepts and executing them in cool locations um, places like Queenstown um, overseas sometimes like I've been to Sydney for a few jobs um, everywhere really kind of all around the world well not not now anyway now that <laughs> COVID's among us but uh, before all that um, yeah. How long have you sort of had a camera in your hands? Like, how did what? Where did your journey with photography sort of begin? Um, I started when I was about nineteen years old. I picked up mm -hmm. a phone and um, started shooting sunrises and sunsets, mm -hmm. and uh, kind of wanted to figure myself out from there. Um, yeah. At the time, I was a drain layer, um, working pretty much underground the whole <laughs> time, and uh, that wasn't the pleasant of, of jobs at that age. Um, I kind of moved from that um, into photography after figuring out there's a lot better way of living mm. your life than doing yeah. that kind of job. Um, so yeah, after that, I just pretty much started shooting every other weekend and uh, and just picked up the passion mm. and just keep moving forward from there. Nice, fantastic. And what was your kind of foray into sort of, I guess, um, turning your passion into a career? What did you do what a lot of us did and sort of like delve into weddings first or how did you sort of start transitioning um, away from drain laying and into being a photographer as a as a career um so i started shooting pretty much every other weekend with my friends mm -hmm. um built up confidence by shooting um i wouldn't say models but girls in a way mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and learned about lighting and framing and things like that just for few purely practicing and watching other photographers online um this kind of built up my style after a while and i, I found myself to shoot kind of more more or less the kind of moody way of things mm. um which i don't know i just feel like there's a strong um feeling towards that way of things with mood it just 
it persuades things in a great way. It kind of like, I don't know, it wheels you into the image. It's, it's mm. yeah, yeah. Whereas a commercial kind of photo or thing is more or less just clean and aesthetically like nice to a brand point of view. Mm. Um, I mean, you can have a clean, nice, white, kind of clinical looking image with a beautiful like type or writing to the side it works with those kind of photos but not not so much with moody stuff mm. and but i think the 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 moody aesthetic is something it, it's 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 a style that brands are gravitating more and more towards and we're going to talk about that sort of later in the show but in terms of like re- relating to your aesthetic i would describe your sort of style of photography is having a kind of like Instagram aesthetic. You know, I think of photographers like Shortstash, like Peter M- 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 McKinnon. Um, are these photographers that you are intentionally like looking to emulate or is just that kind of moody style just sort of come naturally to you over the years? Um, kind of, I'd say it kind of grew on me after a while. Mm. Eh? I don't think I kind of just... I didn't exactly copy one particular mm. person. I think I kind of learned from multiple people and it kind of built my own style. But I do I do look up to Short Stash. He, mm. I think he actually follows me. He's um yeah, he's one of my boys. <laughs> nice. Thanks. Um, yeah, that dude's a legend. Um yeah. But anyways, yeah. I yeah. Yeah, that's kind of my theory on it anyway. Mm. Yeah. So where do you sort of find your inspiration as a photographer like you you're saying as you were sort of like growing up you're looking online and stuff and sort of like figuring out your style like where especially like now in your day-to-day like where are you looking for inspiration um i'd have to say movies um Mm -hmm. movies uh things like i don't know i like movies like the revenant or the joker just real intense storylines um and just how it's filmed like everything's just beautifully done um Mm -hmm. Also music, a few songs here and there that I listen to kind of like drive me a little bit and um, bring up the passion as well. Um, yeah, just some of the things they say, I guess, and, and how the music sounds just kind of gives me a bit mm-hmm. of energy for the day. Um, also, a, a huge factor, I would have to say, is um, gym. Going to the gym each morning mm-hmm. kind of like just boosts my whole everything and just gets my day set. Um, and then I can get into it. Nice. Do you, do you, are you someone who sets quite a routine around their day for creating or do you sort of like to just let creation happen when it comes to you? Um, I'm super, um, like strategized with that kind of stuff. Mm. It's hard to believe because my room's a little bit messy, but (laughs) Um, I have like a calendar with every single thing I need to do in a day and Mm -hmm. a checklist next to me. Um, And I'm super routinic. So every morning I get up, go to the gym um, and then start. And then I finish at six, go to the gym again and then pretty much start again. So almost Mm -hmm. go twice a day and just, yeah, yeah, it keeps me going. Um, But I make sure to do all the important things in the morning. Um, such as emails and stuff like that. And then I do creative stuff the rest of the time um, when I don't necessarily need my brain as much, but I can use my um, kind of just creativeness to let it flow. Mm. 
Interesting, interesting. Because I'm, I'm similar. I'm similar in the sense that I well, I don't go to the gym. That's <laughs> we are opposites <laughs> in that in that sense. But um, I'm similar in the sense that I I like a routine around my yeah, yeah. creativity. Yeah. But I'm I'm sort of. I again like do the, I do the opposite to you in the sense that I front load all of my kind of like creative stuff for the morning. I sort of find that um, when I first sit down at my desk at like eight in the morning, the first thing I want to do is like editing. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. like the kind of creative stuff, and then almost switch my brain off for like you know the the emails and the other things like sort yeah, of later yeah. in the afternoon. Yeah. But you know, everyone sort of finds their uh, their rhythm and and the, their preferred way of working, but um i find yeah i it's it's interesting the the photographers that gravitate to kind of like uh spontaneity and those who gravitate to routine um and how that affects that workflow yeah um probably not the best thing to bring up but there is a lot of people that kind of um smoke weed and that's how they start (laughs) their day and edit i know quite a few people that do that i'm not going to name names Mm. but yeah that is a way of people that do do things they they have a messier way of starting their day, yeah. and it's um, it's not my way, but yeah. No, it's not my way either, and I'm I'm, I mean, it might work for some people, but uh, yeah, it it's, I've 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 always found, uh, routine is the friend of creativity for me. Oh, for sure, um, yeah, for sure. Um, going back to your kind of. St- style of photography and the kind of the you like you, you know you've used words like moody and things like this to describe your aesthetic it's quite it's a style that's very trendy very um desirable for brands right now like you were talking earlier in the show about the clean white aesthetic and while some brands are still gravitating towards that as a kind of like way to please the majority of people yeah yeah there are plenty of brands who are gravitating more to this kind of edgier style um you know you, you think of brands like i don't know like nike and um yeah like brands that you've worked for like mercedes and stuff um these kind of edgier moodier more sort of cinematic um yeah, yeah. styles uh what do you think about that is so desirable to brands right now and why are more and more companies kind of jumping on that edgier sort of bandwagon? I think the reason it's going that way is because of mainly social media. Um, Mm. It's just, it's just user friendly. Like people see that kind of content go up and it just does well. Um, I think it, it, it's literally because it is the, it is it does look nicer to the human eye than what commercial like super commercial clean white stuff looks like um and i think i don't know i think because people can actually try and achieve that kind of style that they have more respect for it like they can kind of work their way up to that that's that's off track (laughs) it doesn't make sense no it's it's because a lot of it's a lot of it's more natural light because yeah it, it, like that 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 kind of clean white aesthetic is often um studio based off camera flash based more lighting more um produced um but a lot of these more kind of like edgier tr- sort of trendier moodier styles utilize a lot of natural light and that is a lot of a lot more kind of accessible for photographers and filmmakers coming up um to go yep yeah, i can i feel like i can eventually 
produce work that looks yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've got my camera, I've got my lenses. I can just like slowly learn how to see light and composition and everything to yeah, eventually get to there true. without just buying thousands of dollars of lights on top exactly. of exactly and that's so, that, that mm. is another true thing mm. like i only just got my first video light recently mm. um and it does do wonders like it is awesome mm. to use i also use it for still photography mm. <laughs> without flashes i just use constant mm. light which is a bit backwards but it does work as long mm. as you get the setup right um um, I'm doing a burger shoot um, at the moment, so it looks it looks pretty epic. It's like an mm-hmm. authentic Korean kind of Asian vibe um, burger brand, and I've stacked it up with a whole heap of props. So it's got all like mm. the little little like rice cookers that you keep dumplings in, and like heaps yeah. of cabbages and cool stuff like that in the background. Um, yeah, I have to flick you some through so you can have a look nice. at them. I'm They're coming out that. pretty and good. I'm pretty nice, stoked nice. on them. It's I'm, my first what, food shoot. <laughs> the that, that's awesome, man. And I'm I want to kind of there's aspects of of that that I wanted to dive into later in the show around um, props and all that kind of extra stuff that I think a lot of people um, sort of forget about. In the but we're going to go through that later in the show. But I guess. Um, to kind of like uh, carry on a bit now in terms of um, how brands see your work. Uh, you mentioned a few brands that you've worked with in the past at, at the beginning of the show, but um, who are some of the brands that have approached you? What's some of the kind of branded work that you've done o- o- over the years? And what does that sort of look like? Um, man, there's so many, it's hard to kind of... Nailed down a one. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk about the most common kind of one that I work with. Um, yeah. It's actually um, Monster Energy, um, mm-hmm. but they um, kind of sidestep to Live Plus or Live Plus, Live Plus, whatever you want to call it now. Um, mm-hmm. That job, I pretty much have to go film coast to coast in the South Island. Um, nice. And I, I follow um, some of the top athletes in NZ, um, across across the coast to coast um, and follow them around on helicopters, which is pretty epic. So I'm kind of just dropping in and out at points, filming them as quick as I can. Um, and yeah, just building up like a, a wicked video for them at the end of it. Um, that's probably one of the coolest clients I've worked for. But yeah, what should I say? I guess... Yeah, a lot of that stuff involves moody kind of videography mm. as well. Considering yeah. it's in the South Island, all of it's like overcast, so mm. it's perfect for that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it suits my kind of style, and I think that's probably what Monster was looking at, I guess. Mm. Yeah, nice. And I guess sort of to go into your kind of like uh, process with these brands, when you're approached by a brand like Monster Energy, like Hallensteins, like Mercedes what's your involvement with them in terms of like, are they coming to you with a, with a completed brief? Are they just going like, Hey, we love your work. We want you to do something for us. Like what, like how much sort of involvement from them versus you, how much creative freedom do you have and how much do those brands just want you to sort of like do what you're, you're, what you already do versus here's an idea. Can you do it for us? Yep. Yep. Um, I use Helen Steins as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I yeah, they kind of give me most most of the creative freedom, so I can pretty mm-hmm. much do eighty percent of what I want to do. Um, things like 
kind of the music they want to pick for videos. Um, um, what else? Kind of the layout. Some of the layout of the video, like the storyline, they can, they change and alter. Um, but yeah, I um, yeah I have most of the creative freedom, which is pretty cool because then I can put my like maximum effort into it rather than mm. it being someone else's work fully, which yeah makes it more satisfying in the end product. Nice. Fantastic. It's, I think that that comes from you definitely having a clear style that brands can lock into and go, yep, that's what we can sort of expect to get from hiring this person. And we, 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 we like their style and we um, can hopefully get something similar that, yeah, represents our brand as well. Yeah, yeah, fully. Mm. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little, bit, a little bit about your actual kind of process in terms of creating it images now like in terms of conception through to what happens when you clip the shutter through to what you how you're editing and stuff like what are some of the things that are going through your mind to create a sort of liam vandenberg (laughs) image you know and what are you not not doing you know like what like obviously we're talking about um moody images and an obvious one is um overcast skies versus not shooting in like yeah, middle yeah. of the day bright sunshine but what sort of um what are some of those things some of your sort of uh i guess non-negotiables for making sure your your images come out the way you want to um mainly kind of i guess having enough space for things like type and font later on in the future so i guess mm-hmm. that means shooting a little bit wider or further away from the subject um this just allows for um more space for graphics i guess and yeah so on um you definitely want to get that right because you can't go backwards um and obviously resize the image i mean you can in photoshop but it's not the funnest process Mm. (laughs) um but also kind of not blowing out highlights is another one Mm -hmm. That's not the nicest of things to do. Um, making sure everything's a little bit underexposed helps a lot. Um, Is that with fra- photo or video or both? Both, both, yeah. Both are similar. Yeah. Video it actually needs to be more perfect because um, I don't... Oh, you're working, w- you're working with less dynamic range. Yeah, yeah. Raw most of the time. That's the um, one. Yeah. yeah I, was just I, in, in, I was just interested because I find, um, I find myself overexposing more with video just because yeah you underexpose you've got, the noise you've levels got a cinema camera so you can yeah I guess the, you can bring it back with the iso yeah yeah just in terms of the noise levels i've found um pulling up the shadows on video to be a little harder yeah but um sorry oh, tangent sorry. <laughs> sorry going back to yeah. that um yeah a, a lot of the settings in my camera i've already stripped it back of like contrast and saturation mm. yeah um and sharpness down one notch so all mm-hmm. of it is kind of flat in a way it's not perfectly yeah. flat because obviously it's um the one i've got a 1dx mark ii mm-hmm. so it doesn't have um any of the flat profiles or anything like that or yeah. raw so i haven't got much flexibility i have to kind of mm-hmm. get it pretty much spot on pretty much right in when the camera, i shoot yeah. it otherwise yeah. i can't go i can't go um backwards or forwards mm-hmm. with the highlights etc yeah totally um, I know in previous interviews and stuff, um, uh, you, you've done a written interview on Canon before and some stuff on um, Progear. Um, and you mentioned um, 
some aspects of your process around uh, research and using things like Google Maps and stuff. Um, yeah, which yeah. might going into a bit around that because you know it's all it's all these kinds of things that I think a lot of photographers leave by the wayside. Everyone's excited about. Um, you know, gear and cameras and lenses and and light and and all of that in terms of making a, an image. But there's a lot um, to be said around uh, yeah planning and locations and everything like that. So would you mind going into a little bit of your process around uh, I guess the preparation side of things? What goes yeah, yeah. into before you get out there with your camera? Yeah, for sure, um, a lot of like the location scouting. Um, before I go to a, a spot is is done through um, Instagram and Google. Um, mm. A lot of the times I'll just go on Instagram and type in, um, say, say Coromandel, for example, mm. and it'll come up with all the recent hashtags of where people have been, and I'll look mm. around those areas. Um, sometimes people have been to places where other photographers might have not been or have been, um, and I, I tick them off on a list, well, I guess not a list, on Google Maps by mm. putting hearts on each of the locations mm. um, and saving the spots. So when I go to that area, say Coromandel, I'll have like, like 10 hearts all in, a, in a, all in a line and I'll make sure to hit each one on the way so mm. I get the most out of my trip rather than wasting a heap of fuel and just going to one location. Um, and that way I come back with like a collective story of photos of not just one area, but like the whole area. So it documents everything. And, um, yeah, I can use that later on for social. Nice. Fantastic. Yeah. That, 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 that's really cool in terms of just like figuring out those hidden gems, um, and making sure that you're finding the places that, uh, that look beautiful and will look good on camera. Yeah. Um, what, I guess now, um, it, it, to sort of go more into your, uh, your style and, um, I guess the kind of popular popularity of it. If it is such a popular and desirable style of photography, um, what about it is so hard for other photographers to accomplish? I mean, I think we sort of talked a bit about um, that kind of research side. You know, you, you're putting in yeah, the mahi yeah. to find those secret spots that other photographers aren't finding. What else about this kind of style of photography that is so popular is hard for photographers to wrap their head around? Um, the third step, uh, which is mm. color grading. I find mm. a lot of people copy other people's stuff offline like youtube or use mm. presets um and they kind of just stick to that one kind of style and just paste it on all of their photos and call mm. it a, a um a grid uh like yeah. a, a themed grid which it's not yeah. it's just it's copying and post pasting someone else's colors onto yours and nine times out of ten those colors would come from like a sony put on a canon which doesn't really work at all Hmm. Um, I can see all the dead bit rate and things like that show up in the, in the photos. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't work that way. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, back to, um, yeah, anyway, the color grading, that's massive for me. That's where I get the most out of my photos. Um, I probably spend like at least an hour 
on a collection of photos, which actually isn't that long. Some people spend a lot of mm. time on it. Um, yeah, uh, that's kind of my way of things. Yeah, color grading. Mm. Yeah, well, because I, I want to talk about color grading now um, because, look, if there's one thing that all successful in- Instagram accounts have in common, it's consistency in terms of consistency, consistency of colors, subject matters, like luminance, um, and it's something that I've always struggled with. Like I feel, I can feel stoked on like an individual like film I'm making or yeah, an individual yeah, photo, totally. and yeah. and I'm stoked about like how it looks. I feel like it looks beautiful, and but then when I like chuck it on my Instagram feed, um, and I look at I look, I look at the whole grid, it's not talking well nah. to each other. It doesn't have that consistent feel. Um, so like, what yeah, what about what am I missing in terms of um, getting that cohesive grid to feel like it all is one nice, yummy family? Um, I guess the way subjects face in and out um, and mm. where they're centered. So say I have something in the center. I'm going to need something that looks in to the next one. And then the next one's going to be center. And the next one, next one's going to look out. So whatever it is that the solid object is going to have to look out one way or the other and the other one's going to sit center because if mm. they're all pointing in and all on the same angle the photos then it doesn't it doesn't kind of flow there's no flow to it and same with the colors so i'll do things like have like a snow photo mountain photo another snow photo and then i'll have a green photo another green photo like forestry or something like that and then see um, and then another moody C photo, and then I'll split my portraits up. So my portraits are spread throughout mm. the um, the feed. Because if you have portrait next to portrait, it just looks so so stiff, I guess. Um, mm. I used to also shoot portraits for a long time, so I had a feed full of portraits, um, like thousands. <laughs> um, mm. But anyway, it didn't look right because they just didn't sit coherent to each other. Mm. Totally. Because it's easy when you find a type of photo, say like a portrait that you you like, and you want to just like post the the nice photo, but then you do you you know you can run into that thing where you end up with just like portrait, 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 and this big sort of grid that all doesn't really yeah. kind of like fit well yeah. together. Are you planning out your grid? Like, do you use like apps or Photoshop or like nah. pen boards or like how are you? Are you talked about like sort of faces and shapes sort of pointing in certain directions? How are you kind of planning that all out? Um, it's just by sight. Like I don't use any of those apps. Mm. Um, I actually struggle with using them. Yeah. So I gave up. I tried a few. I tried, um, Visco and I think the other one's called Planoly, mm-hmm. but I ended up just deleting them straight away because I didn't like the auto posting stuff. And like, I don't know if it was posting stuff or it wasn't. And I just pretty much quit out and deleted them because I didn't really like it having access to my whole profile as mm-hmm. well. That also put me off. Yeah. Um, but I've just been doing it so long that I kind of like, yeah, I guess I figured out a way and a rhythm for it to kind of flow um, without those apps. Yeah, nice. And I guess got going back because I, I realized I wanted to talk about um, color grading and we sort of dived off it for a second. But when you're looking at, your, when you're spending time grading your images, how are you making sure all those colors fit nicely together you know you talked about not putting one preset on 
um, on every single image and calling it a day. So how are you sort of individually grading each image to make sure as a collection it all the colors feel nice together? I'll have Lightroom open with all of the photos from, let's say, the week that mm-hmm. I shot in Coromandel, as an example again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll line them all up um, and then filter through all the photos that I do and don't like and build a collection of, say, 10, 15 images um, and get it down to that. Down to that and then I'll... Um, start to color grade the first image um and let's say it's kind of like a, a sandy scene with sea in the background and it's a moody day i'll edit the first five photos that are in the same area with the same color grade to keep them consistent um and then let's say the next shot next few shots are up in in the pinnacles and more of a forestry area mm-hmm. i guess um I'd start by color grading the five shots that I took up there in a different color grade, all from my own pretty much development in Lightroom. I don't mm-hmm. have any presets. Like it's literally my library of filters. There's just nothing. I don't have any filters. I just don't believe them. I believe in like kind of looking at it and, and, and making your color from scratch, not mm. just like, yeah going with what you've always done in the past just build it from the bottom up and then you know like your true style that way you can kind Mm. of i guess find yourself and um yeah go from there nice man are you when you are grading like that are you just working intuitively are you are you using kind of like i guess like color theory and more of a kind of um like analytical approach or are you just going off your eye and what just looks aesthetically pleasing t- to you? A, a bit of both, um, mm. but I do use some color theory. I don't go by charts or anything, mm. but I kind of go by um, like the blue shadows and the warm highlights mm-hmm. um, kind of theory. So a lot of my photos will have blue shadows and yeah, warm highlights or red-ish mm. highlights but a lot of it's desaturated and kind of muted down so it's real soft and easy on the eyes. It's not too heavy with saturation, which Canon colors do have a lot of Mm. saturation. Um, So you just need to tone it down a little bit to get it to where you want. Mm. Totally. What happens when you have an image you're stoked with but it doesn't fit on your grid? Um, Does that even happen to you? If I have, like, I, it does happen. If I go out on a shoot and there's a whole heap of photos that I don't like, I won't use them. For example, I went up to um, Northland to the sand dunes mm-hmm. and um, it just didn't, like, the footage, uh, the photos didn't work, sorry. Um, not only because, like, I uh, they didn't work in my grid, it's because I didn't actually like any of the photos mm. I took, so I do have my bad days every now and then. Yeah. And I think that was mostly due to the flat light that I had on the day. There was no contrast in between the dunes, no like mm. uh, dark ridges um, that kind of had a point of interest leading up to anything, which just, yeah, there was no 
no solid image that I would like to post first with yeah. the rest of the story. I kind of just had story photos without the one solid banger image. Mm. Um, so there was no use in those. Talk to me a little bit about that around the kind of like the banger images versus the supporting images and whether like what what role supporting images play in the kind of like the grid as a whole like do, do you fill your grid just with bangers or is it a mixture to kind of like tell a I guess a more cohesive whole it's definitely it's yeah it's a mixture it's not mm. just bangers um you'll see a lot of uh uh probably i guess uh influences you call them mm. they normally put a person or a thing in the center of the frame yeah. um small person big landscape yeah, yeah and it's the same in every single photo on the entire feed and they do that because it does well on on the instagram algorithm mm. it picks up and it sees that yeah. um and gives it a little boost but anyways i don't see that as a creative kind of concept or idea that they've executed. They've given their camera to their girlfriend or mm. friend and someone else has taken the photo, not them, mm. which I'm kind of against in a way, which is, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's their own thing. I, I guess everyone's mm. got their own thing they like doing, but yeah, I, I find it better off to take um, photos of other things rather than a subject in the middle of the frame every time. Mm. Um, whether that be like, let's say, Milford and you're taking photos of water trickling down like mm. some of the nice rock faces um there's beautiful details and like the water kind of dripping off the edge of the crevices and stuff like that um i mean you add a little bit of type to that and it looks kind of magical in a way um yeah and it steps apart mm. from the influences yeah totally i think that it's definitely like um it's knowing what brands would potentially want to because brands need those sorts of things where you have like sort of texture you have text it's all kind of working together uh, obviously you need the bangers as well but it's all part of you can't just do the same thing rinse and repeat over, no. and, over and over and over and over again totally mm. um yeah that's definitely not how it works i guess mm. <laughs> for for brands anyways yeah totally and i guess to sort of as we sort of like round out the show to go back to the platform itself now um how do you how do you what's your kind of like philosophy on instagram how do you use it to promote your brand you're talking about the algorithm and around how you don't really care about just producing stuff for the algorithm so how are you using instagram you know how you want to use it how are you using it to promote yourself as a photographer videographer um I treat Instagram more as a, a community. It's not just a posting thing. It's it's like you have your friends and you have all the people you work with on there. It's um. 90% of it is literally who you talk to and all the people you talk to on there. It's got nothing to do with what you post. So if you build that community up, um, you're pretty much going to be a stronger photographer and get more opportunities. It's got nothing to do with how many times you post in a week um although i mean you could become an influencer that way by posting a whole heap of photos and and getting more followers but in the end it's about like the quality content that you produce for others to see and yeah the friends you make on there fantastic absolutely fantastic advice i think 
it's a good reminder for people to not forget about the social part of social media. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not just a a uh, place for you to stand up there and go like, look how amazing I am. You know, it's like you're saying, it's about making connections, about actually like making friends, talking exactly. and connecting with people who you're interested in working with in a in an empathetic way and not just a totally egocentric way. That's yeah, mm-hmm. that's totally true. And those kind of ego friendly, ego egotistic people, mm. are the people that I I'd be nice to, but I push them away. I kind of veer off in conversation. Things won't kind of go any further because mm. I don't really respect what they're using it for. Mm. I know it's kind of vain, but it's true. Yeah, no, totally. Um, <laughs> cool, man. Um, I like that. I I like that. Uh, approached to the platform i think it's a much more sustainable and holistic approach to yeah growing yourself and growing your brand and growing a career out of this long term yeah exactly mm, totally yeah um yeah. final question as we kind of finish off the show any final yep. advice for creators who want to stand out on the platform stand out um in terms of having a unique voice um, I have to say just get out there and do it don't ever stop just shoot every day you can um, and when you see something that you want to shoot don't just go past it stop get out of the car and shoot it because you probably never get that opportunity again or it won't drive your passion any further um, and reach out to people like always keep in contact with your friends and uh head out on missions with them and uh, shoot what you can. Fantastic. Love it, man. Fantastic advice. Getting out there, um, getting out there with your camera, getting out there, connecting to with people um, and just, yeah, keeping those connections fl- flowing. Um, cool, man. Well, I think that's a fantastic pl- place to finish up. Um, thank you for coming on the show, Liam. Oh, thank you for having me on it, man. It awesome. awesome. Talk to you fantastic um if anyone at home has any questions uh for liam make sure you drop them uh, in the comments below uh, if you're listening to this on audio version um jump on over to either instagram or youtube there'll be posts for this episode on there and you can drop any questions there and we'll do our best to follow up on those and uh for links to liam's work we'll have those in the show notes and, and the links below um and yeah other than that liam thanks again and uh we'll see you guys next time Cheers. Peace. Later.